You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Don Reckla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm so excited for this conversation today. This is going to be a yummy one, folks. Really get settled in here because we're talking today about this concept of building from ground zero. And I know so many of you have had those moments, maybe not all the time. You know, you've listened to the podcast enough, you're in a program, something, and you, you know, you're not slipping into it all the time. But but there have been moments in this whole upheaval that's occurred over the last few months that where where it's hard not to think like, wow, how how can it get any worse than this? Right. And the words kind of come to your thought, you're like, no, 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 we're not supposed to think that way. Right. And so, so, but it can feel like, you know, everything, everything kind of exploded in front of your face. And you're left holding the pieces, right? And trying to figure out what the heck to do. Um, and whether that's you in, in, in the entirety of your existence or in, in a section of your existence or a fleeting passing moment, or you work with the people who really truly are feeling this way right now, um, I think it's important that we give voice to it and we demonstrate how do we talk through this, right? How do we, how do we help people with this? How do we talk to ourselves through this, right? Your, your inner voices probably could use a little soothing right now and some guidance. And so, so of course, we brought on someone who is, is absolutely no stranger to this conversation and, and probably one of the more um, well-rounded voices, in my opinion, in this space. Um, and, and so it would be impossible to embody him and do justice with any sort of introduction. But Aaron McCormick wrote Unbounded, journey to your within and and the stories that he shares and and his experience and um is great and it's super impressive but but really to me what's most impressive is, is the the uh, masterful synthesis that he's overlaid that with and and invites people into that higher level conversation even while being able to give voice to the awareness that these other things happen and they occur and so to me there's there's nothing more important that we can be doing right now than, than bridging that space together. And, and so it's, it's my honor to invite onto the show and to welcome Aaron McCormick. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tanya. Great to be here. I appreciate it. Oh, well, we are so happy to have you. We're, we're going to start in with our quintessential question of what are your superpowers? <laughs> what, what are my superpowers? Um, well, I actually don't think we all have, um, I think we all have these, the powers that I would say are mine. I just, I just know that we have to hone them a little bit more, be more conscious of and not suppress them. So mine would be empathy is one. Um, and I guess the other one would be just the ability to, I wouldn't even call it an ability, the natural inclination to follow my inner truth more so than the external stimulus around that exerts that pressure on us. So whether it's mm -hmm. peer group or family or career group, social, racial, national, you name it, I guess we, we all either have that, all these moments where we're either going to decide to disappoint ourselves, so to speak, go against that unspoken thing inside of us, or we're going to disappoint the external stuff around us. And I don't know why or how I'm naturally made up in a way that I, 
I, I end up creating hell for myself a lot, actually. Then <laughs> that's not intentional, but it chases me more to go against my truth, um, which I think is a truth that we all share. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. So, so that's it. Empathy and the ability to not even, I, let me retract that again. The, the way of following my internal truth. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know. Something came out of my mouth the other day and it was like, like my philosophy on life is, you know, I don't like to disappoint God. So I try not to do that. <laughs> like, like that pretty much sums up my existence. Like, like, you know, I, that, that's kind of the aiming, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty broad range, but I, so I usually get somewhere in there. Um, but it's, it's this, it, and you're speaking to something that really is, is the thread that I felt as I was reviewing your material um, that that seems in the same resonance as, as as what I experienced, which is this awareness that in this walk you really do have to be willing to stare something in the face and deny its existence. And to do that, we have to understand that what we think we're seeing, you know, where where that comes from, kind of where can you where where do you know truth in a different way? Um, and so there's a whole lot wrapped up in everything that you're saying and. And it's important to give voice to the fact like that this is the a, a culmination, folks, right? Like never on this show will you ever hear me give voice to the fact that it's just as easy as taking the red pill or steps one, two, <laughs> right. or three. And at the right. same time, it's the journey is the point, right? And and so when this whole thing started, the the initial, the quarantining and stuff, I I remember an inquiry that, that came through was like, what is it that we think we're waiting for? Um, and it was such a brilliant kind of overlay to the angst that people were feeling. Like, well, when things go back, when things go back, when things go back, it's like, but what, what, why was that better? Like, what is it about this? Like really getting clear with those kind of um, thought processes that are happening inside of you. And, and you can only do that and you can only listen and you can only um, follow that that guidance and rely on those abilities like Aaron was speaking to when when you've allowed yourself to relax into the fact that this is definitely a journey um, and so so when we're talking about building from ground zero you know how 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 would you help people kind of break some of this down into some consumable chunks that say like look all hope isn't lost and the, you know, how can they kind of make sense of this right now for themselves? Yes. Well, the ground zero is an interesting term because in our linear thinking, uh, intellectual minds that implicates a negative. It's like zero. I want to be progressive. So one is better than zero. 10 is better than one. But, um, the only way that we know how to be when we originally began being, at least in the physical form, as babies, is in a ground zero mindset. And what I would refer to as ground zero is where you do not have all of the learned fears, all of the expected ideals, preferred outcomes. So there's everything from fear and survival, supposed survival, to preferences, learned preferences, um, that it has morphed everything that we have really come here to to ultimately experience. And in an odd sense, it didn't really morph it because this whole polarity or the whole extremity that we're going through and that we've all experienced personally, 
So whether it, you know, from broken hearts and romance to job or financial setbacks to familial issues to physical issue, health issues, all those things are things that we chose to experience. And I, and I only go there, uh, Tanya, when I think about all the evidences that we've all had that, that tell us that we're more than this physical journey. And of course, the linear ego mind is always battling. In fact, those are the two figurative things that are always at war, the mind and the heart, the two most powerful organs in the body, and figuratively, the most powerful forces that animate our action. Either it's mind-driven, which is usually fear-survival-driven, along with all the other preferences that we've learned, or heart-driven, spirit-driven, which is the more unseen, unmolded, if you will, that original ground zero, as you refer to, uh, in a different connotation. But that ground zero is actually all of our answer. So when external events knock you to ground zero, it actually is your true north, if you will, or it's an opportunity to find the north. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like you know, we're, we're in this um, virtual reality that is shaped by everything that we want to shape us. Just like when you go to the gym, and you get under a certain amount of weight, and in some sense, you hate it, right? It's like, some sense you're like, oh, why am I on this third set? Why am I doing this? And it's, it's ripping the muscles, actually damaging your body in a sense, and while doing so, it's building the body. So as we get knocked to zero in various circumstances in life, and now I believe we're in a collective knock back to ground zero or a collective dark night of the soul, if you will, where there's nothing else there, but you, you having to come to terms with the real truth and truths, plural, that have been nagging at you, but you've had enough distractions and things to kind of uh, suppress them. So I'm actually uh, positive, despite the things that trouble me physically, right? So I'm, I'm a human, right? I'm not... Uh, esoterically in the cloud somewhere, because if you were there, then you wouldn't be here and you would miss all of all the benefits of choosing to even be on this human journey. But I mean, I, there are things that cause me to cry, things that I, on a daily basis that trouble me and such. At the same time, I am so optimistic and I don't mean like coaching myself up to optimism. I mean, I genuinely at the core know where we're headed. And I know that there are, there's a golden age on the horizon, if you will, because this is serving us just like the gym serves the muscle. And there's a lot deeper ways we can talk about, Tanya, how that's the case. But I just know that this is um, doing us a lot more good than we all realize. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it took me all of like two seconds of basic training to, to understand why it's such a phenomenal way of like breaking everybody down and building them back up. Like, it, it's a it, it's a true testament to when when we can look at it in that pure slate format. It, ba- it basically it's a stripping away of pretense. Anything that's not filled right. with that life giving energy, that divine love, whatever you want to call it, whatever isn't infused with that, literally cannot stay as we shift. It can't happen in t- inside of what we perceive of it as our bodies. It can't happen with what we perceive of as the planet. It. It, it, it's all up for that rerouting and that that kind of being flipped inside out concept. And 
Um, and it's quite a ride, folks. So uh, so so we'll, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about why you want to be doing this. Like, like yes, this is happening. And, and Aaron so eloquently just pointed out, like, th- this is an opportunity and a very clear invitation. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Um, before we do, Aaron, where can people go to find out more about you? My website. You can go to unboundedbook.com uh, or aaronmccormick.com, either one. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, we're talking today about building from ground zero, talking with Aaron McCormick and stay with us folks. When we come back for the break, we're going to follow up on this amazing conversation. Stick to it and or stay to it and stay tuned and we will be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to Disrupt Reality. I'm Tonya Don Reckler. We're talking today with Aaron McCormick about building from ground zero. And before the break, uh, you know, just was like, like in that flow as Aaron speaking, you know, this beautiful depiction of, of what the opportunity is here. Go back and really listen to that, folks. And, and you'll find all kinds of hidden gems in there in the in, in, in the nuggets of truth that, that you can cling to in those moments when you're wanting to believe something else, right? When something else catches your attention, you're going to slip, right? We're not perfect. And it, 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 there, there, you can hold that standard for yourself. You can raise that bar to a point where you can still acknowledge that that's not ideal and it's okay, right? We're going to mess up. We're going to grow through it and, and we can keep going. And as a collective, that's really what we're in the face of, right? We're being shown where, um, where we can improve, you know, where, where there are some conversations that need to be held differently, that there, where there are some um, kind of re, re, reworking of things. And, and it, it, it mirrors some of the experiences that we've had in building um, this network and, and the organization and stuff like that. And what we have found is that when, when it's obvious that the tactics aren't working anymore, um, rather than just trying to change the tactics, it's it's sometimes good to go back and review what was the strategy that informed those tactics. And then prior to that, what was the conceptualization that informed that strategy? And if the divine wasn't infused through all of that, if there wasn't some higher sense of knowingness, if you weren't being the highest aspect of yourself, which which you couldn't have been if you're on an evolutionary journey and you created something years ago, there's, there's probably some things that are ready and ripe for for being remodeled in your world. Um, and it's important that we that we move to that space, that conceptualization space, and and make sure that we're still in alignment. That's how we maintain vision integrity. Well, as you can imagine, we're all doing that at an individual level. We need to do that as a collective level. Like there's there's some work to be done, folks. And so part of the reason why I was really excited to to have this conversation with Aaron is is that walk um, and what he embodies in, in being willing to kind of step into the fire, right? And, and, and to walk through, Aaron, you have so many amazing examples of times when you've done that courageously. And I'm sure the inner game was, was perhaps you didn't always feel so courageous, but yet you did it. 
Um, can, what, what's your favorite one to share about the, the you know, the courage that it takes and, and yet the, the value and the benefit and the gift that you got on the other side of it? Hmm. You're challenging me with a simple question like favors. Ironically, I've never had favors or favorites. Very mm -hmm. I mean, really, um, I'm sure we'll talk about one or another, but this is this begs another question or a topic at least. You know, pick the whatever the you know topic of conversation is. I have a hard time with a favorite. I guess that's part of appreciating everything in its own merit and and being in moments. Like I people like I've always loved cars. I had over hundred and something cars. People say, "What's your favorite car?" They're all so different, and they're all mm. sort of such different purposes and different amount of a different type of energy I get from them. I actually don't have a favorite. So I would end up <laughs> going by the ones I've had the most of. So I've had three of one particular type of car. So that must be my favorite. But then even as I say that I go, yeah, but not no, I couldn't just say that's my favorite. So <laughs> sorry for being difficult, but uh, wait, 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 difficult doesn't scare us here. We're good with difficult. <laughs> so I mean, um you know, so, you know, like as a child, there were ones that were really critical for the next steps in my life. Then there are ones more recent, like in the last five years that have been really significant. And then there's been some in the last year and a half that I'm not even public with yet um, mm -hmm. that are, you know, you, you would say much more significant than the others, depending on what, mm -hmm. what sort of measurement. So maybe I'll allow you to take us in a direction that you want to go. Like what, is there a period of life you want to talk about or is there a specific mm -hmm. way you want to hone in on? No, I think what it was dancing around was really this idea of, um, the sense that I get is that your life really has been dedicated to, um, to illustrating the, the doing of it, right? Like, like the, it's one thing to, to get it and to know it. And on some level, we all know all of this, um, but the bridging, as we talk about so frequently, and the the ability to manifest that here in the physical reality, um, you know, I hesitate to even use those words, but the but the actualization of what we know to be true here in in an, in an experiential way, and and it, right. it I I think it's just so incredibly crucial that um, we can speak in those spaces together and that was a journey. There was, you know, just, just the fact that you would have difficulty answering that question, I think speaks and gives a beautiful answer to the question because it would be impossible to disengage one from the rest. It would be impossible to say this had more of an impact because when you start to see patterns and themes and threads and all of that stuff, you, you can't disentangle anything. And it's so far beyond the kumbaya, like, nah, everything's great. Like it's, it truly is an intricate system and there's no way that you could even at certain stages, you can't even see them as being separate from each other. And I think that that is what you just illustrated. So it's not a shock to me that that's what would come out from you, honestly. Well, it's, it's, it's what you just said and that was very well articulated. And I think it's also that all of them meant so much to the me at that moment in time that proportionally they're 100% equal because in that moment, it's what needed to be done. It's what my soul required. It wasn't a performance. In some ways, you know, if you're in your, in your mind, it's martyrdom, but it wasn't deliberate martyrdom because in my, 
you know, essence, it felt more painful to not do that. <laughs> right? And this makes That's no right. sense. Right? I mean, if if you're purely in the logical context, one <laughs> is definitely more painful than the others. In fact, the example I give uh, you know, as we try to delineate between the heart and the mind or the two things that are animating us as humans, what makes us act and respond as we are, it's love or fear. We all hear these big, you know, descriptions like that, but now let's really get into it. Like um, there are situations where there's a strong immediate repercussion to a decision, a direction, a leaning, to keep quiet or not keep quiet, whatever the situation is, there are strong, immediate physical repercussions, whether it is the disagreement or, you know, the dissonance with someone you are close to, a relationship, a marriage, a spousal partner, or something of that nature, family, you name it. There's something, and it could be as simple as a conversation, and people are putting out things that are, that chafe at your soul. Not necessarily what you think you've been taught, because maybe you've been taught the exact same stuff that they've been taught, and therefore, that's why you guys are in a similar circle. You're physically in a similar circle because your physical trajectories and learnings, your osmosis, if you will, all this time has been similar, but you're hearing something, and for whatever reason, either it's always been friction inside of you or it's just now being that, becoming that way, and you have a choice. And that choice is dissent, and experience immediate repercussions, you know, loss of that relationship or a big argument or loss of income or a job or all kinds of stuff, or you simply push it on down. And the only repercussion there is that initial gulp of suppression, a little painful, but you wake up the next day, that same crutchy, crutch meaning literal crutch, cripple crutch, crutch of a relationship, friendship or job or or, you know, codependency, it's still there. So change, you don't have to face that awful thing that humans tend to run from, which is change. In reality, you're changing yourself or you are, I shouldn't even say that's not the case. You've never changed. Your real soul has always been there. You're just masking and putting loads and loads of additional debris that you will eventually have to sift through and throw off. And that's where the detox comes. And that's where you know, the real challenge ensues. That's where the lifting, if you will, in the gym, the figurative gym, the weight, the pressure starts to happen is when you start having to face that. And the earlier, I guess, you start doing this, the easier it becomes because there's not this huge buildup of stuff that you now have to, you know, reorder, reprioritize and deal with the blowback of things having been one way and your animation having been a certain way for so long and by the way, there's no wrong to either one of these scenarios, whether it starts really early or you start doing it later. It's still your design and it's all perfect for how you wanted this journey to be. But I mean, that is, it's a truism that we, we're faced with those decisions all the time from small to huge to, to significant. Uh, and to the extent that we are hearing that or heeding, I should say, that unspoken thing that flies in the face of everything that you might have historically believed or those around you, your peer group and your, your societal expectation, we, we all have these things. <laughs> and what's ironic, Tanya, is we tend to look at 
others that have um, achieved something or some things that we in our minds perceive to be great. I keep stressing the mind thing because most of what we celebrate is mind-based stuff, whether it is they got a lot of muscles, they lost all this weight, they made all this money, they built this great company. We, we celebrate these things and we look at their achievements as so heroic. And the cause of most people having been able to do these things that we celebrate is a strong heart connection to that which they're doing. Whereas most of us tend to be so disconnected from the heart, which is that analogy I mentioned earlier, where we have to decide, follow the mind, the fear, the expectation, et cetera, things learned since we were infants, or follow that unspoken energy. And so <laughs> I always say the only difference between the great thing or person that you admire and you is their connection to their source. Mm -hmm. It's the only difference. Well, and the clearer that channel, the more fulfilled personally. So notice I didn't say the richer, the more famous, the more admirable. Nope. The clearer that channel to your source, the more fulfilled you are and the more outwardly fulfilled you are, which therefore means refreshing and positive to others and other, you know, energies, which is all money is too. Things like that tend to follow, but that's all byproduct. The money and, and the fit body and, and all these other things that we put on, you know, we kind of have it inverted. Um, and, and that's why we're on a wild goose chase is because we're chasing those things and we're chasing external approval and alignment, you know, dependency, dependencies, we're chasing all those things first, and then we wonder why we can't just back into internal congruency and, and <laughs> we did it the wrong way. Absolutely. We, you know, all of the content that, that has come through us is, is always built the opposite direction. And, and so the concepts of um, most people only turn to spiritual growth once they've exhausted the personal development kind of components, and they see that there are limitations um, to the amount of improvement they can do through their will alone. And, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, we've been, to your point, we've been beta testing um, a couple different models within our interns and also um, with our daughter. She, she's a byproduct of that. Um, you know, we, we started at, at her infancy, just kind of looking at it from the perspective of, okay, why would we instill in her things that people are paying us a lot of money to help them rewrite? Like it makes no sense. Right. So, right. so can't we just instead like look with the end in mind. And if the end is always to, to come to the realization of that connection that we have and who we are, what happens if we start there? And, um, and the results are, I mean, you know, if, if you, if you don't know of her, you know, if you're listening, you can feel free to check it out, but, but it doesn't matter because what Aaron said, the, the, what appears in the projection is simply the result of it's not the goal. And, and the goal is, is completed with the communion. That's the, when you integrate into the, those states of ecstasy, it's like everything just happened. Like it's pretty magical and you're entertaining and you're interesting and you're creative and people want to be around you. And those are attractive principles. And, then you get to play with all that and how do you manage that and why do people want to be around you blah 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 right so you get to you get to have the, all those experiences but you can't skip steps right you do have to squeeze through the eye of the needle 
And that requires this concept that we're speaking of, whether we're talking about collectively, environmentally, um, politically, economically, or personally, sometimes we everything collapses so we can rebuild. And, and uh, most of the time we see that when we've been you know, diligently building in spaces that were not well-founded and didn't have that life energy infused throughout it and, and weren't operating off of principles of love. Um, it really is that simple, folks. And yet, you know, that simplicity hasn't been normalized. And so to walk that path feels a little bizarre at first. It gets easier um, the more you speak up in spaces where you just can't abide by. Um, I share some of those examples in, in my book from a long time ago, too, about just just realizing like when you laugh at something you you don't think is funny you know when when you say yes when you meant to say no or you said no when you meant to say yes and um you know if you don't at least start looking at those pieces for yourselves folks then you don't stand a chance but to just be manipulated your entire existence um usually by yourself (laughs) so you know so if you don't know that happens then then you can't see it um aaron what final thoughts do you have for folks before we wrap up for today you know, you just covered a lot there. Um, I think as we look at the world, the state of both from a health perspective, especially divisive, um, you know, the, all the different factions from countries and races, we've been seeing repeated over and over and over again. And we asked this internal question, how is it going to get better? How does the world change? And the answer is, is individually. And it happens by going within because everything that we were when we were toddlers, when we were infants, we, we are joy and we don't, we're not quick to accept things that take us away from joy. We want our independence. We also want to be seen. We want to be seen as in who and what we're about and what we're creating and what we're here to do. And we want to connect. We want to touch. So that's all babies have the same two objectives which is to experience and to touch, to connect, to have their impact be felt and to help. So babies have this empathy, but it's always after they take care of themselves. So some people try to be overly altruistic. You can't give something you don't have. So you must understand and love yourself in ways that you may not have ever understood yourself before because you were only operating in the mind and everything around you has caused you to suppress your truth. So if you start to understand what is your actual truth, we will find how much more similar we all are, just like babies are extremely similar. Toddlers are extremely similar in the core forces that animate them. And that is how the world changes because fear will begin to drop. For you personally, your fears of your fail, your failings, potential failings, if you will, your fear of relationship or abandonment or being undervalued because somebody else is going to bring something that you think will upstage you at work. All the things that cause friction starts to crumble when you become more aware and attuned with you. Because when you love you more, you realize everything serves you and everything has served you. Like, like you're talking about right now, Tanya, all the, you know, when you go back to zero, all the many times that that has served you both literally and figuratively so now the threat is minimized. And now you can interact with others with a clean slate, if you will, at ground zero. You can interpret or you can hear them as they want to be heard, not as you are 
insecurely and fearfully interpreting, right? And we didn't even get into <laughs> the physical aspects of a conversation, Tanya, like the, the state of America right now, and, and I'm black and, and my life and, and all of our lives as the physical aligns to what we are inside and how it's all been perfect for each of us. I think, so that's the main thing I'd, I'd wanna leave is that if we can do that, take that effort that's always been prodding you to take the effort because you feel the repercussions of not doing it whenever you've gone against that inner you know, unspoken force that is love. Every time you've gone against it, you felt the repercussions. So if we can just go in more, heat it more, the whole planet is going in a better place as a result. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I, I love that. Those were perfect last words, folks. Go check out Aaron's stuff. Aaron, where can we send them again? Unboundedbook.com. It's also on Amazon, the usual suspects. It's on Walmart.com or Barnes and Noble and uh, my website, of course. Brilliant. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we have links there for you all in the episode page. Um, thank you so much, Aaron, for, for having the courage to walk your path and for joining us here. We appreciate you. And to all of you out there, as always, we adore you. We know you're listening. We know you're sharing. Um, give the gift of hope. Let people know we exist. Um, this is our commitment to the world that we will always, always produce real conversations about things that matter. Um, and, and until next time, remember, folks, go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We love you. Goodbye for now. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.